This episode of Tell Me More with Renee Shagnon is brought to you by Member Insurance. Are you seeking an insurance agent who truly understands their unique risks of your business? Let the 47-year history and industry expertise of Member Insurance go to work for you. Did you know that Member Insurance is member-owned and offers annual dividends? They also provide superior claim service 24-7, and they offer 24-hour roadside assistance. Additionally, Member Insurance provides free risk management and HR consultations. Also, they just announced that Member Insurance is offering a three-year business owner policy with locked-in rates. To learn more, visit memberinsurance.com. Hi, everyone. This is Renee Shagnon with Hardware Retailing's podcast, Tell Me More. Welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Today, we will be talking to Jamie Gettner from Center Hardware in San Francisco. Maybe you could just introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about yourself, um, where you're at, what you do, your title, that type of thing. Hello. I'm Jamie Gettner with Center Hardware in San Francisco, California. I am fourth generation. Um, my family's been in hardware for uh, more than 100 years, probably. Um, Center Hardware itself is almost 140 years old. It will be next year, in 2020. Um, <laughs> I'm the chief operating officer. Um, my father's still technically the president, um, even though he's not working quite as much as he used to. Um, he's coming in and out and likes to travel a lot now. Uh, we're mostly a commercial industrial store um, that deals with a lot of B2B and our store, because people like stats, right? People like stats. So the store has a 16,000 square foot sales floor, about 100,000 SKUs on it, and all nine departments. Awesome. So um, maybe do you mind telling us just a little bit about the store? I know you said the store is almost 100, which is an awesome milestone to hit. Um, so maybe just tell me a little bit about how you were introduced. Cause it's been in your family since the beginning, correct? And just tell no. us. Oh, okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, my family had a neighborhood hardware store that, uh, it kind of got very busy after the building boom after world war two. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my father eventually bought center hardware that'll be almost 140 years old basically wow um, and then he ended up closing the family store which was ocean view hardware and merging it into center hardware and closing tool rental down for okay good. okay so, um, and how i got involved was kind of the way my father got involved where i started when i was like 11 yeah right riding up in the truck with my dad or riding my bike to the train and taking the train um i didn't hitchhike the way he did but <laughs> yeah. i still had to get my way up to san francisco um and so i worked on and off um you know through high school and through other odd jobs that i had um also uh that were retail and eventually came back full-time after college while i was looking for other jobs because uh, i ended up with a bachelor's in journalism and ended up deciding to stay here. Yeah. So. so, so do you mind kind of explaining, I guess, how, so your dad, how did he learn about center hardware and, and how did the decision happen to kind of 
buy the buy the business and and kind of shift gears a little bit do you know what Sure. I mean, I'm I'm not my dad. Um, yeah. And I was very young when he made those decisions. But Center Hardware was uh, looking for another owner. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been in business for you know its own generations, and uh, my dad was looking to build his business and kind of change things up a little. And it was just uh, because both were located within San Francisco city limits. It's a very small hardware community, um, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Yeah. And he just kind of decided it would be a great opportunity to kind of jump in there and see where he could take it. For sure. Um, and, you know, did. Yeah. So what's it been like working, like working with your dad and, you know, being in a family business? Um, what's that experience like, been like for you? It, it's all the experiences at once, right? I always say, you know, you run into other families at these things and or any family business. And there's a running joke that all family businesses need family therapists. Yeah. But, um, you know, my dad is, Uh, so respected for so many reasons he really has so much knowledge uh that's deep and so much experience that he's i know people say that people are replaceable but he genuinely knows so much about parts and tools and all that kind of stuff that it's been a complete amazing experience to watch him work and see watch him change center hardware into you know where it was going and um it's just built us with an incredible reputation of being able to source things because he created a culture where we'll know what we're talking about or we won't do it at all. For sure. So, so about how many people do you guys employ at the store and, and what, I mean, I, so I visited your store a few years ago. I was with Whitney, um, Whitney Dalton from NRHA as well. And we were out and we were in town for a photo shoot. And so we came and that was the first time I met you. And the first time I really had had any really interaction with center hardware. Um, so Mm -hmm. I've kind of seen it, but I remember being there and you guys had like a training, uh, there was some type of training going on at your, at your operation. And it was various ACE stores were all getting together to train together which I thought was really cool. And that kind of stood out to me. Um, so have you guys always been, you know, kind of focused on employee training and, and helping build, you mentioned earlier culture. Is that something that's pretty important to your business? We have almost 30 people here working uh, together as a, a giant team. And um, it was fun when you guys came out, it was one of those wild days where there was like 800 moving parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, we have a really nice uh, collaborative working relationship with most stores in town on purpose because we'd almost always refer someone to an independent store over a big box retailer uh, just because we would want the local businesses to, you know, succeed. And, and oftentimes they're, you know, more qualified to take care of the cus- what the customer needs. Um, so that's just kind of built into our fabric of who we are. Um, and then as far as working with other stores, we, all of us have like the, a commonality of there's a lot of people that, you know, haven't actually used the tools and the things that we sell. And even though I know you guys produce videos and a lot of the vendors will produce videos and there's YouTubes on how to learn how to use these things and the background knowledge of why this drill is a better drill and all the mechanics behind it, right? But on the other hand, it's better to just use it, yeah. right? hands on. And so that was a, 
Yeah, hands-on training, especially now, is has become a critical piece um, for our staff to feel comfortable with what they're selling, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives an authenticity to their service to the customer, right? Um, because they actually can say, you know what, that that did shake when I used it, and this is why. Or they'll, you know, be able to relate to some of the problems the customers are having. Um, so it's become kind of a critical thing to work with our vendors to be like, we need some demo tools, mm-hmm. right? They, we don't need them always available, but we need to be able to have you come in here for the day and the staff will rotate through and, and they'll get that training. And the brands that will do that with us will have the, their lines will sell better than other ones in the store. Because, so. and, and that probably ties back into the fact that um, the employees have seen how it works firsthand and then they're able to kind of transfer that knowledge over to the customer. Absolutely. Anybody's more comfortable talking about something if they understand it. Definitely. Right? So. So Center Hardware has been in San Francisco for, I mean, a long time. And your family has been very involved with with Center Hardware and just hardware in general in the area. Would you say that um, where your position is in the industry and just being in a city like San Francisco, it seems like people are more willing and and wanting to shop local but that's an outsider's perspective so maybe tell me a little bit about the relationship with san francisco and your and your community and like the shoppers and everything that that you guys deal with on a day-to-day basis i think it's a really interesting topic about retail in general versus for a lot of different reasons with brick and mortar small versus big chain versus non-chain um local versus you know chain anyway that was repetitive i'm sorry everybody um (laughs) but uh i think the customer the ones that are shopping online that are they're just not going to really move from that right it's something that works best for them and if that's what they're doing there's not really a way to reach them anymore necessarily right if they've gone Mm. full convert right yeah and there is a especially in san francisco there's a whole group of them here right yeah Um, And then there's the ones that come in because we're part of their routine. And part of what makes our business different is that we're dealing with other businesses. So there are people that are on their jobs that need these things, not just DIY people, right? Um, Not people just doing projects. So most of the people that are coming in here need something for their actual work immediately, right? Or they need to special order it because they couldn't find it or they don't have the way to get it and they need us to source it for them. And that's part of what our independence does is it gives us a tremendous amount of flexibility that maybe a chain wouldn't be able to provide or specialized service. And it also helps that we're local because we, you know, all our decision makers are right here. We don't need to send something up the chain to three states away and wait a week for a response, right? Yeah. Everybody's here to call an audible if it's needed, right? And our customers know that about us, and they appreciate it. Um, now, San Francisco is a little bit weird, and the brands that are in the store kind of love the fact that every single one of their customer segments is here in San Francisco, whether it's a pro user, uh, just a tradesperson, a casual user, an artist, a maker, right? Mm-hmm. Like every single person, a craft, you know, they're just, they're all here. And so um, we get to have all of those people come in and get feedback from all of them on what they're using that tool for and why. Um, And again, being a needs-based business, that's what kind of brings them in. So So. 
do you think also your the the fact that I mean the business is about to hit a hundred years and that type of thing? Do you think that that has any do do customers realize like your standing and how long your business has been around, or do you think that's not as important to people? I mean, it's definitely awesome to hear, but I don't know if you think like your customers are aware, or maybe even someone who walks in. Um, some of them are, and it matters to some, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it definitely just doesn't matter. Some people are just completely driven by price. Yeah. And we try and stay really competitive on that, right? You've got, it's, you know, some people come in and they know they're going to occasionally pay a little more for us, right? Uh, But they think we're awesome. Yeah. Right? And they know that we're going to be competitive on the other thing, right? But it becomes a convenience thing. They don't want to make multiple stops or they don't want to wait to get it a day or, you know. Definitely. So, you know, you're just, it's an emotional experience. And if you don't provide something that's rewarding to them, then they're not going to come in at all. And our age does give us some credibility, but mostly the credibility I think is rooted in our performance. For sure. And I, I, one of the things that I still remember too, from visiting was you had kind of, and I'm not sure maybe you've kind of changed things around because I believe that might've been 2016 or 2017 when we were out there. Um, mm-hmm. But you had like an area where you displayed photos and stuff from both your 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 family's um, ocean was it Oceanside Hardware you said yeah and Ocean then Hardware, and yeah. then Center so it showed both of like kind of these older photos and like some of the old tools and things that, which I thought was really cool because if someone wants to look at it while they're waiting for someone or kind of just browsing around they can kind of learn about your business just walking through yeah. that little area which I thought was really yeah. cool. And I mean, so many retailers have all of these artifacts probably just tucked in a back room. So what, what's kind of been people's feedback to seeing stuff like that? Have you had people go, oh, I didn't realize that after just taking a look oh, at it? Everybody loves that. And we're desperately, right now it's not on the floor. Right now it's in our conference room arranged mm-hmm. um, because our floor space, as any retailer will tell you, got cannibalized by inventory. Yeah. Right. So uh, we brought in you know, the full line of steel and we became an authorized Kelly Moore paint dealer and we have, you know, like it just slowly, you're busting at the seams. (laughs) Yeah. You, you know, things just start taking up space. Right. So we're looking at the floor constantly on how do we get this stuff out here? Because it was huge for the customers to see that and be able to kind of spend some time with that and really understand what they're looking at. It made a huge difference. We would get feedback on it every single day. So I recommend any retailer that can connect with their past in their community to always make that known for their customer. Definitely. Um, another way it seems like you guys are pretty active with your customers and staying engaged with them is through like social media. So how how is it you've you've used that to stay in touch and and do you think it's something that's been beneficial and i don't know if you've kind of ramped up the amount of of um presence you have on there but maybe tell us a little bit about your social media experience um social media has been really interesting and for us critical um for being in in san francisco um and or maybe i don't know it's it depends on which age group you're trying to hit and what you're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, Facebook was not productive. We only have a few hundred followers or whatever it's called on Facebook, and it's it's just not something that's 
heavily used or trafficked here, right? Yeah. Um, and Twitter, we exist there um, just because as soon as everything became available, I grabbed our name everywhere. And I recommend if you haven't done that to any store to go and grab your information, right? Yeah, definitely. So that you can have your, your real estate online. Go That's get a your good handles. tip. Uh, so, I mean, Pinterest, go grab all of them. Anytime there's new technology, just sign up for it and get your name. So our new platform. Um, but where we've really had fun and where I call it my, you know, our internet shenanigans is we've been playing a lot on Instagram and, and it's been fun and it's definitely increased customer engagement. It's increased, uh, the store's, uh, visibility in town. It's Mm -hmm. increased our brand worth. Um, it's done all kinds of things for us. We've been able to get feedback. We get direct messages from our customers now. Um, like all kinds, it's, it's opened up all sorts of things for us. What are some um, fun things you guys have done through Instagram? Do you mind sharing any like specific types of posts or like what, what's kind of been most successful for you? The, the right cocktail for your independent store is to not look like a big box store. For sure. Right? Yeah. Let your personality show, show your people, show your mistakes, show your, you know, awesome highs show your product, you know what I mean? Show your customers and really, you know, show your community, right? And that's what will set you apart from a, and that's what will make your community engage with you. Definitely. But it's a lot of work. Don't do it unless you keep up with it. Yeah. Because if it goes stagnant, you drop, there's all these horrible algorithms and everything that wrecks stuff. So if you're not posting, you drop to the bottom of the pile. Mm. And people will not see your stuff. But you don't want so. that. It's like, especially if you're having a lot of success, and then if you take a break, you need to find someone kind of to take over or help out. Yeah. No, you definitely need more than one person. And it takes, a, it takes, it is not an easy platform to use, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's given us a way to talk to people. And like when we had all the wildfires, we were able to communicate about our masks if we had them or not, right? Mm-hmm. And on a Saturday morning when we opened, we had posted that we were getting our manager stayed late on the Friday to get an overnighted shipment that was going to be there by like 9 p.m. or something of more masks. Yeah. And, on, and we put that on Instagram that we stayed late to get them and they'd be there Saturday morning. And Saturday morning we had the parking lot was full with people waiting. That's amazing. And that was not published anywhere other than Instagram. Wow. And we sold out of them. We opened at 9 a.m. They were gone by 9.15. So it just shows the power of, like, I mean, first, yeah. first of all, just. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So do you guys. And, and you that's, guys, not, that's, that's not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over No, you, you're fine. It, and it's not a city rural thing. Everybody's got that app on their phone. You know what I mean? Would that you say that. Where you're located. Would you say that Instagram has become more. Um, cause I, cause I definitely, so I've been doing social media for NRHA and hardware retailing, starting to hop into that, um, in my role. And one of the things I've noticed is there are a lot of stores that are on Facebook and I think some obviously get like tons of feedback, tons of likes, but I'm sure it also has to do with the demographics and like the, the age of the, of the customers yep. and different things like that. But would you say that yeah. you have different different people prefer to engage with you guys probably on different platforms. Um, Yes. Yes, for sure. Yes. So if you have a Facebook following that's active, I wouldn't drop it. I would add. Oh yeah. 
But Instagram like, I, is something that not as many people have. And I do feel like that would be if someone's looking for a new way to connect, would you, it sounds like you would recommend yes. Instagram for sure to them. Absolutely. Especially because you can link your Instagram to your Facebook and it will publish in both places. So if the person's going, I don't know, like, do I just take pictures or, cause I've had people ask me like, well, do I just take a selfie of myself? And I mean, I guess, is that where you just go? You just got to find your groove. You yeah. just got to find your groove. You just have to and play it's around. For everybody. You just got to play around. There's some stores that are really great at it. And there's some stores that are really bad at it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's no solid advice because it's going to be unique to your environment. Exactly. So I can't, you can't say, go look at so-and-so. Right. Yeah. Because that's not going to necessarily work in the town you're in. Right. It's exactly. basically, and you should, all of us, because of our businesses, we should understand who we service. Right. We should understand kind of like the vibe of the town that we're in and what the, what, they like and what they're into right did and you did you guys ever test around with snapchat because i have noticed it seems like snapchat has kind of fallen off for a while it was like really popular and then i think once instagram introduced stories it seemed like yeah it kind of shifted and now everyone's just like right. oh, i'll just do it all on instagram i've always kind of laughed and I mean, I've always just said Snapchat's for the nefarious yeah. <laughs> because there's nothing you need to be doing on Snapchat unless you don't need an evidence trail. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, exactly. So I think, you know, I think um, Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff fills that niche for you. I think it's fine. Definitely. You know? um, so what are some it of also, the... It does, you know, and also people shouldn't be on things that are overly complicated. You're, oh, yeah. you're trying to do this while you're at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, if, if all of your time winds up being on your phone trying to figure this out and a customer's like, can you help right. me? One second, let me finish my Instagram post. That's probably right, right, not. Right. <laughs> probably no, I don't. Not. I mean, I've, I've said that, actually. And they'll <laughs> laugh. I'll be like, hold on one second. One second. <laughs> this is I'm important. Like, I got to get this the up. The thing is, is because it's a stupid phone app, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so you can lose the whole thing. So I do recommend if you do get into Instagram that you buy one of the desktop publishers for it. And uh, you pay the supplement and it's only like $50 a year or something like that so that you can do the posts from your computer. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different ones. One's called Planoly or um, there's many to choose from, but pick one because it's business oriented. Right. And yeah. That so that you don't have to have your hands like you're in Wally. It's fine. Definitely. <laughs> Before we continue with the podcast, did you know that if you're an independent home improvement retailer, you are already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association? The NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways, from Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become a better, more profitable business owner. To learn about what NRHA is doing for you, visit nrha.org. So in addition to like social media, which is a good way to engage with your customers, you guys host events as well. Um, do you want to share a few of the different things you guys have done over the years as far as inviting people to you, that type of thing? We didn't really get into events until we relocated in 2017 and opened in our new space. Okay. Um, because we didn't have the right parking for it and we didn't have any good open space at the store. Right. Yeah. 
Um, but now here, um, with the parking that we have, and we have a front yard and a backyard, and we have open space inside the store, you know, we've started getting into all of that. And so we have two what we call keystone events every year. Um, one is a night fundraiser that we give to the local high school that still has a working shop in mm-hmm. San Francisco. That's so cool. And that's a quick, it's a quick two and a half hour event. We partner with our vendors and local food and wine people um, to work with us on that. And then we push all the cash out um, to the high school. And then the other big event we do uh, that we did for the first time last year, because it took a while to pull it together, was we had what was called Tulapalooza. <laughs> Ooh, fun. <laughs> I know, but we couldn't, we couldn't, nobody could think of a better name for it, so that one just stuck. Um, I mean, part of me wanted to call it Toolhouse Rock, but anyway, <laughs> um, we ended up with, uh, and we started with our local vendors for that to talk to them, and uh, they said, sure, because we like to not beat up our vendors. We like to have really good relationships with them. And then just suddenly it started getting around, and, and the next thing I know, I had 30, 30 booths in the front parking lot of national brands. And we made sure we wanted to include DIY schools and local makers that use the tools we sell um, as artists because we like that juxtaposition of the pro and the artist using basically the same tool to execute in an extremely different way, right? That's super cool. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was a crazy, awesome, great day. So, um, So we do those, and then we do demo days. And, you know, we're getting into some other stuff this year um, based on, like, customer quests and stuff like that. But we'll at least, you know, starting in March through October, we'll do, you know, one or two demo days a month. Um, And, yeah, we like to – it changes – it's a different – and every one of those events is a different customer segment, right? Yeah. And fills a different need, you know. So, you know, and then we participate in things, too. We host – a maker's market on the first Saturday of the month for the neighborhood. Oh, cool. Um, it's different, various degrees of success, you know. So there's lots of things you can do once you start talking to your neighbors, if you have space. Some so, of the urban stores struggle. But so how do rural, you guys, you got tons of room. Yeah. So how do you guys, do you have someone that kind of manages, okay, let's do these events. And, I mean, how do you even get started with that, like, do you try and give yourself several months in advance to say, okay, this is an event we want to do and this is an event and you have someone who's like your your manager of that event or is it kind of like a team collaborative effort? How do you guys um, approach Last year we said, uh, or somebody, I'd pitch an idea and everybody would be like, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we'd all agree it was a good idea. But we don't have a marketing person the way we don't have an or an events person because we're not an events company. We're a hardware store. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So um, we all handle it in-house. And I'm very lucky to have a management team that doesn't mind wearing different hats um, and have different strengths. You know what I mean? And we went through the last year and pulled it all off. And it was really wildly exceeded our expectations because um, it was like – we didn't know what to expect because we'd never been trying anything like that before. And so at the end of 2018, we got together to calendar 2019 so that we didn't have to always be behind the ball. Yeah. Um, And it was the first time we'd had a calendar meeting, (laughs) you know, about that, that, about events. Right. Yeah. You know, and we were kind of laughing like, Oh my God, where we do this now we have a calendar meeting about events. So, but it's made 2019 planning much easier. And I do have now a part-time, um, 
marketing person that helps at least with can help with promotion, right? Definitely. We're still going to have to do the internal stuff, but you know. Well, and it seems like it also gives your team a, an opportunity to kind of test their, test their, their hands at something new within the business. You know, they can, nobody likes stagnant jobs. Yeah. You want something that changes and is, and is evolving and has new things going on. So a tool of Palooza sounds like an event I would have loved to attend, even though I'd be like, how do I use this? But it sounds like there were plenty of people there that could show you. Yeah, totally. Um, it, yeah. So it lets us, it lets us be really creative and it lets the staff engage in a way that makes them feel like they're part of a bigger picture, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just showing up to work the register or put some stock away for the day. You know, we'll let them know this is what's going on this month, right? Do you see any problems? Do you anticipate any problems with this? Like, is there anything we haven't thought about or, you know, definitely. I even remember, I keep talking about the time we visited, but your store really left an impression. I remember you guys were getting like a massive paper mache, like I think it was a spider that you're putting on the roof for Halloween. Yes. And that is amazing spider. to me. Oh my gosh. It has a 26 you, foot leg span. Do you still, have you done it again or was it just a one time? Yes, she goes out. No, she goes up every year. Where'd she go when, um, when she's hibernating? <laughs> well, we put her together in parts, right? Oh. So she, her legs come off because we made her with PVC legs. So we can detach those. And um, yeah, no, our spider's fantastic. I'm very proud of her. I love that. Have you, do you have much of a presence like with your local media? Like does, does the TV or news crews ever come by for different stories and stuff to, to interview you guys? Um, no, but I like to say that's because they have either better or worse things to check out. <laughs> yeah. Like our 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 news cycle here in the Bay Area is is a very difficult thing to break into if it's not related to housing taxes or uh, you know yeah right so you know we do what we can um, and we definitely have had you know some press or or some you know talk to people about stuff like that and we definitely let the news know if something's going on but there's not necessarily any room for it. <laughs> With how well, much there is going on. Well, maybe right? one day things will calm down, and then and then the every other week they'll come and visit you guys, right? Right. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> cool. Um, so, what are some things you like when you look back at your career so far? Um, and you said you went to school for journalism. So, what what do you wish you had known when you started out? I know that's kind of a vague question, but like, no, I know. Like, if you could talk to yourself, like, right fresh out of college or, you know, have a sit-down chat with yourself. I wish that I had trusted myself more. In what ways? Like, you are, or maybe not, you're young and you don't earn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that you earn, right? So, I don't know. So many things have happened for the store that have been instinctive, right? Either my mm-hmm. father's or mine or, you know, someone on staffs. And, you know, I'm not saying that we don't make business plans and stuff like that, but it's hard to know what you needed to know with how rapidly things have changed here, right? So the thing is, is I guess I wish I would have known that co- 
complacency is the worst thing you can be, right? Definitely. Right? You you know your customers. Like, we knew all our customers. We loved them. We talked to them all the time. We were slammed all the time. We, we knew our customers. It was great. You know? And sure, we try and go get some new ones and stuff. But we had good ones, you know? And then when we moved, even though I had done so much change management, I mean, the signs were up for more than a year that we were going, right? Yeah. And then six months out, we're telling all our customers we're going, right? It's going on every receipt. It's going in every bag. There's posters up. There's windshield flyers put out, right? Yeah. There's huge banners made for the old building that we've moved six blocks, right? And you do everything you can, only, you know, the customer count tanks because that's what it does Yeah. you move, right? And it, and it became like, you know, how do we talk to people? What's the right way? Yeah. There's like 8,000 different ways. And I guess I wish I could have told myself that, that, that some things are going to be really, really hard and to not take for granted that you can just talk to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that certain things that you, that seem that they should be very easy on the surface are actually your worst nightmare when you peel the onion, right? Mm -hmm. I'm using a lot of cliches. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) You know, so I guess it was kind of like, don't make assumptions. Yeah. I guess is maybe what I tell myself, right? So then how did you turn it around once? Because it seems like you've gotten to a good place, but like you said, you know, that initial move, it was probably like a lot of people were going, oh, you guys closed. And you're like, we didn't close. We're down the road. Yeah. Well, I never even got the opportunity to tell them. They just like, okay. Because the thing is in San Francisco with the way the real estate went, so many people just closed. Yeah. Right. It was not a unique story for it to just be gone one day. Right. And so we had to get really creative and really aggressive and do basically anything from, I mean, God, we put flyers on the windshields of trucks. Um, I loaded up the back of my car with donuts and I stopped off at job site trailers. Like we were doing anything to be like, hey, remember us? Like, yeah. We're still here and we're actually better than we were. So please come visit, you know? For sure. I mean, it was just so much like very, because there was no right answer to connect with people. So it was just huge outreach in ridiculous ways, whether if it's, it's a bar down where, you know, you know, one of the unions are hanging out after they're done and you suddenly go get drinks down there and you're like, Hey, what do you guys do? Yeah. Like, Oh, well, we're, you know, iron workers. Well, great. I was like, Hey, have you been in the new store? No, we thought you guys closed. Right. I love like, no, that. we actually didn't come see me, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is it's just like, and I don't mean to sound inauthentic, but you have to make the opportunity for that conversation to happen because it wasn't going to come to us. Exactly. So you have and to so find a way exa- to... It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. Well, it sounds so. like the social media and having different events throughout the year and stuff has also helped kind of build your... your um, your engagement with people, even if they're not necessarily in the store. I mean, the social media is a great way to bring people in because I'm sure there's someone that likes something that then their friend saw it and goes, Oh, I hadn't even thought of going to that store. I didn't know that was there type thing. Right. So I mean, some of, of the people mouth. will be like, that's not translating to sales, but it does because what you're doing with events and social media is your brand building. Exactly. And if you make yourself the most seen, 
then that's the old that's the oldest advertising trick in the book, right? Definitely. If you're if you have the highest visibility, then you're going to be the first spot. Well, and and kind of speaking of that, um, and this kind of transitions into one of my like last few questions, but um, maybe. I mean, last year you were uh, honored through NRHA as one of the industry's top guns. So, what yeah, is? Thank you. Oh, of course. <laughs> I I wasn't on the on the nomination board, but I'd like to take That's credit. Okay. Um, then I want my money back. <laughs> but but what was it? What's it like being recognized in an industry like this, and 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 getting kind of that national recognition and. Um, I don't know, maybe just tell me a little bit about the Top Guns and just your experience with NRHA in general as we've kind of gotten to know you over the past couple of years. I know. I appreciate all of you for putting up with me. <laughs> well, and vice um, versa. <laughs> as, as, I, as I got to know, um, you know, you guys as a group and understood better what you did and, and all that kind of stuff, I really, I say this, but I don't care. I will say it till I die, that you guys are the UN, Right. You are independent and you don't belong to anyone. You don't belong to the big four, you know, which by that I mean eighth orbital true value and do it best, right? Yeah. You're independent and you're like, we're looking at the industry's health as a whole, not from ACE's lens or from Oracle's lens or from do it, right? We want to yeah. know what's going on in general. And every retailer needs to know that. Exactly. You know, you cannot just listen to your distributor even though they do want what's best for you, right? Because then that's what's best for them. Exactly. But if you're not paying attention to the whole picture, then you've got giant info gaps and you're living in what I call an echo chamber. And nobody likes that. It's not good for business, right? You have to hear, you know, and so you have to hear what's going on everywhere. And part of the reason I, I like hanging out around events that you guys have organized and things like that um, or even the National Hardware Show is because I get to meet a true value dealer or a really successful do-it-best store or, you know what I mean? And they will have a perspective that I may not have even heard yet because Ace is um, our main distributor, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's a wealth of information that you provide, not just through yourselves, but by giving us access to each other on an even playing field. Definitely. And, and that's something that I try and explain to people, but do you, before we had kind of had some more of these conversations and gotten to know you over the years, did you connect the fact that Harbor Retailing and NRHA were kind of under the same umbrella? Yes, but okay. I think that's because I'm a publishing nerd. Yeah. Yeah, journalism. See, because some people, I think, don't understand or don't realize that our magazine is produced and published by NRHA. Um, yeah. So what would you say to someone, I guess, who maybe doesn't know as much? Because our podcast is branded through hardware retailing. So this is a hardware retailing product is um, my podcast. And then Dan Trottenchuk's going to have one, as, has one as well. Um, okay. But what would you say to someone who maybe is listening and is like, what's NRHA? Or they don't even, they haven't done much with us. Like, is there anything that you would have to say about, you know, obviously bringing people together? is is one of the things that you just mentioned but i think people need to look at it as an independent source of information in the industry For sure. and and any business owner in this industry should be paying attention to that 
Definitely. And you're one of the few people that provide it. So, you know. Yeah. That's where, that's where, that's kind of it in a nutshell for me. Definitely. You know. Well, is there anything that you're doing, you know, right now to help yourself continue to learn and think towards the future? And one of the questions I had on here was, do you have a favorite podcast or book right now? And I know you mentioned that, you know, you're listening to some, you've listened to some podcasts. So I don't know if they're, if you want to share that with our, with our listeners, if they're just getting into podcasts. If they're just getting into podcasts, um, it depends, right? You can go anywhere with a podcast. I know. Like, I mean, the incredible thing about podcasts is that you can get anything you want, right? Exactly. Um, but if we go like a little mainstream, um, I think anyone in retail should listen to Retail Gets Real, the, what is it, the NRF? Yeah. Um, um, and they do quick 20-minute segments with really uh, well-known brands in town um, because I think it's all applicable because it's all retail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those CEOs and high-ranking people that they get on there are really sometimes inspiring to listen to you. And sometimes you can get excited because you're like, oh, I've thought of that too. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And you get some kind of like validation that like the CFO or the CEO of Levi's that turned it around with those employees is like, hey, I've thought of that type of thing too. And you like think you're awesome for a minute, right? Um, so there's that. And then there's things that, because uh, I'm a bit of a like Cliff Clavin type nerd person I'll, i like things like um stuff you should know right yeah kind of like yeah. they'll deep dive into random stuff that you should know about um and then even if you like him or not dax shepherd has his armchair expert which is fun because he'll talk to uh celebrities or journalists or scientists for a couple of hours and it's a very wild conversation that you would not get on television or anywhere like that because they usually have a friendly relationship and it's a very candid conversation that makes it very fun to listen to. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, are there any, and are there, I don't know if, if you're reading any good books or if, if there's anything that you, you know, have read recently. The only thing I have read late recently is anything about paint as because we just, like I said, converted the paint department into Ooh. a Kellymore dealership. So everything I have consumed in the last three months has to do with the paint industry. I love it. And I would love, I would love to read something else. <laughs> yes. Take a break for, put down the, put down the paintbrush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Figuratively speaking. Well, yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for, for being on our podcast and, and, and talking with us today. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about today that, that, you just want to get off your chest? Any Anything else that we didn't bring up or mention? I don't think so. I mean, I, I would like, I think every store should have like a, a partner store that they're friends with that maybe isn't their immediate competitive area. Definitely. So they can have someone to reach out to. Yeah. You know? um, I would love for every store to have that. I feel fortunate that I know I have that. Um, and it's been a huge saving grace for me many times um because do you want to shout out the store huh do you want to shout you don't want to shout them out no that's okay what if they don't actually like me they just tolerate my call (laughs) (laughs) but um no i think it's it's very it's just valuable especially because so many of us are in family businesses or we are you know very isolated 
in our jobs because of the nature of them, you know, being either a part owner or a part, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. can be it's just such a unique experience. I know for me, like I'm also a mom. I am, I have flexibility because of center hardware, but I'm still a working mom, but I don't believe I don't belong in the stay at home world, even though I have the flexibility and I don't belong in the working world because I have like kids stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. You know, it's, I just think we need each other more. Definitely. You know? So connect. Well, one of the cool things NRHA is launching, um, and it will be, it will already be up and running by by the time this comes out, um, we have what's called the NRHA forum. So retailers can get on and chat with each other. And, you know, it's. You guys are going to have moderated boards. Yeah, we're going to have moderated boards. So I think of it as like, I think of it as like hardware's version of Reddit. Like, let's just get on. I and, love Reddit. And and that's something I was like, we should do like an AMA, like ask me anything hardware style. And yeah. people can go on there and that's do that. Awesome. So we just have to start spreading the word and getting it out there. But yeah, it'll be, I think, officially launched, obviously, by the time this is already live. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I want to be a moderator for the shenanigans board. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you have to get on and start, start putting your comments and thoughts in there. Um, okay. So, well, cool. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm glad we were able to get it to work out. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Sacrate. Are you looking to add quality concrete, mortar, and stucco mixes, as well as repair and specialty items to your product lineup? Sacrate provides the tools you need to run a better business, whether that's through exceptional customer support, sales and marketing tools, varied product assortments, or just finding reliable products. Sacrate offers knowledgeable retail experts that understand the needs of your store. To learn more, visit www.sacrate.com slash hardware retailing.